the end of the day, to put on the burnt orange and white and to represent this great university and the great state of Texas is one I don't take lightly, and we will go for it to the highest level. Hook them. Fourth and five, the national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Justin Tucker from 40 yards out for the game. up. The Longhorns win it. We're back here on the 41st acre where our main goal is to discuss the state of Longhorn football and Texas athletics. The 41st acre is brought to you by DashTXSports.com where it's no bias, no BS, just sports. Y'all can follow Dash Sports on Twitter and Instagram at Dash underscore sports with a Z. That's because of Dash Sports, they cover sports from A to Z. I will not be joined by Charlie tonight. He may pop in a little bit later, but our producer Jordy is actually on tonight. Jordy, the Aggie correspondent we have here who's riding a very big high from last weekend. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Really? I, I could not be happier with last weekend's performances by everybody just all over the country. It was a great weekend. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And for those of you who wondered, I actually was at the game with Jordy thinking it would be a smart idea to watch the OU game uh, wearing a Texas shirt in College Station uh, because they were going to lose to Bama. So, wow, you know, Glyphilly pulled a turn the table with a shoe on the other foot moment with me on that one. But we'll get into that this, this past weekend and everything else that happened. Uh, first, let's kind of look at what else has been happening among Texas sports. Number one ranked women's volleyball took down Kansas 3-0 on October 10th and then 3-2 on October 9th. They'll host TCU October 14th and 15th at Gregory Gym. So come out and support the girls. Uh, women's soccer, who's still number one in the Big 12, defeated Iowa State 2-0 on Friday, October the 8th. Women's softball crushed Grayson College 22-0 and then beat Texas State 74 October 10th. Women's swimming and diving competed on Friday, October 8th, setting six meet records. And now they travel to Texas A&M on October 15th, along with the men's swimming and diving team for the dual meet. Women's or men's swimming and diving this past weekend also competed at Incarnate Ward, winning 13 total events. Men's golf travels to Hockley, Texas, October 12th for the Big 12 match play tournament. Good luck, guys. Go after a conference title. Men's tennis and women's tennis both heading to the ITA regional championships. And cross country will travel to Florida State. Good luck to everybody. Safe travels. Represent them well and hook them horns. So, let's get to the first topic of our show tonight. Last week, as we all knew, was OU Hate Week. And unfortunately, the horns came up just as, just a little short. And we'll get into the whole reason on how that happened. Final score, 55 to 48. A simple couple little summaries. We won on a few players. 
Uh, Casey Thompson was 20 for 34, passes for 388 yards. Bijan Robinson, once again, the human horse, 20 carries for 137 total yards and one touchdown. Jordan Whittington had three catches for 35 yards. Unfortunately, left the game early with a collarbone injury. Uh, wish him the best recovery and that he gets healthy soon. Xavier Worthy went off, had nine catches for 261 yards, two touchdowns, one of them within the first 14 seconds of the game, but had a slight foul up in the second half of the fumble that kind of cost us. We'll get into a little bit more on some of the details of the game. Uh, lastly, Joshua Moore had four catches, 70 yards and two touchdowns. Jared Wiley also had one catch for two yards and one touchdown. Hey, sometimes you can get it done with a short amount of yards. It's amazing. So, other than that, on the defensive side, Devarian Overshone had one sack and one fumble recovery. Alfred Collins also recorded one sack, and B.J. Foster had one interception. Uh, special teams, Cameron Dicker once again showing out two for two with the farthest field goal of 41 yards. So, we got the positives on the list. Jordy, you watched the game. What were your thoughts Let's just say, let's break this game into, I don't know, first half, second half. What was your thoughts on the first half of this game? Yeah, so the first half was really about everything that you could have really wanted as a Longhorn fan. You're running the ball at ease. Casey's hitting the shots that he needs to. The defense is getting them off the field. It, and, I mean, really, and even when they started to – they plugged in Caleb Williams, that long run, 43 yards or something like that. Um, and even then, I mean, I'm sure there were people in the stands that were wearing burnt orange freaking out. But even then, there was no reason to hit the panic button because you get the ball. And then they put Spencer Rattler in there for who knows why. I mean, he couldn't get anything done all day. And then he fumbles. And then yeah. from there, you kind of head into the second half. And you could kind of feel the, the tide starting to turn. So, I mean, if we're going to split it up into the first half, I mean, Bijan, you and I, I know that you were kind of driving to the tailgate and didn't catch all of the first half on TV. But when I told you in this, I think this was the third quarter, that Bijan definitely had over 100 yards, you you didn't believe me. And I had to go. Yeah, I it. knew he had a touchdown. And I was like, no, nah, he'd only run him some short yardage. I figured we were being conservative. And yeah, it was third quarter. I was like, man, how many yards does B. John have? There's no way it's over 100. And you're like, no, he has like 120 at the time. I'm like, what the yeah. hell? I text a bunch of guys as I'm listening because I was at the gym and then I'm running back, listening to the game, to the house. And it's like, holy crap. Like, I'm running faster and faster. Like, this is an amazing game. And a buddy of mine, uh, we'd text back and forth. And he said, dude, it's probably the best first half. It wasn't even that first quarter of football a Texas team has played. Probably, he said, last 10, 15 years. I'm like, well, that was the best. That was the balls. best. That was the best first quarter that Texas football has played since 2005, uh, maybe yeah. 2009. Even still, long, long ago. As this show, we always try to keep it relevant. Well enough that you could say it was a long time ago. And it was like, damn, this is what we want to see. I love it. But of like the three or four people I'm texting, one of them, he's also an ex-football guy. He goes, well, I've been here before. I'm not convinced yet. I'm like, damn, like. We're 14-0, man, like like five minutes into the game. And you're sitting there saying, like, yeah, like I, I have a feeling something could still mess this up. And son of a bitch, if he wasn't right. Um, it was, like you said, I show up and we're watching the second half. And I wouldn't say it was like a comfortable lead. It was just like such a dominating lead. 
and knowing Texas defense, I'm like, okay, OU is not like dead in the water. They have the weapons to make adjustments. Lincoln Riley has come back many a games. Uh, we need to not let off. And I think, to be honest, that's probably what we ended up doing. I hate to say it, but it sounded it seemed like a very Tom Herman-esque team out there that second half where we sort of let off. And even Sark kind of mentioned in his interview yesterday that it wasn't that the calls were different. It's just there was a very different effort on the field, which if that's the case, you got to recognize that in the moment because I think they let off too much and thought they had too comfortable to lead. Maybe offense could pick it up and just outscore them. And by that point, you know, all the plates are wobbling. You can't keep them going. And just to kind of put it in perspective, it was, as we said, 14-0 in the first two minutes, 38-20 to at halftime. Uh, so, I mean, like you said, that's still – to me, that's not a big lead, especially in a, you know, big 12 offense. That's, that's like nothing. You can make that up, no problem. And sure enough, that thought was correct. OU goes on a 35-10 point run. In the second half, 25 of those points were in the fourth quarter alone after Williams had come into the game. Um, and there was a lot of interesting things that have been seen on that. Looking back, you know, when you watch it in real time, you're just pissed because you're not scoring, you're not winning and everything about everything else. But Sark went back and I'm kind of liking how he's looking at these games, or at least this game, that he talked again about the second half and how he let off the pressure. The guys seemed to let off the pressure up front. They weren't getting in with they weren't getting William's face, making him uncomfortable. I think we just – they were probably assuming that, oh, they already lost their starting QB. They're probably going to falter because they have just a, you know, the second guy in. They're not going to be able to score or move the ball, yada, yada. And then he mentioned the unscheduled plays that his defense was seeing. I'm like, unscheduled plays. And immediately when I look back on some of the highlights, I don't have the exact downs or whatever, but I know – or what quarter they were, but I know it was two third and longs that, you know, Williams is in the pocket. He sort of scrambles, scrambles, pocket breaks. He leaves. He's out for a dead sprint, but he's so far back. He's got plenty of time to throw. Now half of our defensive backs are running forward to cover him. Our safeties and corners are scrambling, trying to like make up the difference between the two. They're not following their man. And for a guy who went to AM, you can agree. It was a very, I mean, I'd say you might not agree, but you could easily recognize a Manziel moment if you've ever seen one where, Sometimes a quarterback making those impromptu decisions destroys defenses more than a scheduled play or a drawn up play. And I think that's what happened to us. Our guys weren't used to, okay, it's been four seconds. Like, where's the ball? Crap, he's running the ball. Let's go cover him. Well, he's got an arm too. He can still throw. And that's why we left our guys open. Two for really big, you know, third and long, you know, conversions, which really kills you. And then honestly, there were two touchdown passes. One wide open to the corner of the end zone because our corners start to run forward as Williams is coming toward, you know, goal line. Uh, the only other one that I'll say was just pure athleticism was that second to last touchdown when, holy crap, what a catch. I mean, that man tiptoed a needle and got in the end zone. I don't even know who the receiver was for OU. I mean, I'd rather not glorify his name, but dude has some hands, and that was an awesome catch. Marvin. Uh, there you go. I wouldn't even say it was bad defense that play. It was just like, damn, he just caught that. Holy crap. And you watch the highlight. I mean, that's that was awesome. And then, sadly, that last touchdown. I mean, at that point, they're tied up. Our offense does nothing, and then punt it off. Think probably I'm looking like, all right, we're going overtime, or they're going to take a field goal. Sure enough, they march it down. A few more third and long conversion passes, and they're on the 40-ish yard line. And what hadn't been there pretty much our entire half was our run defense, and they had still yet to show up. 
uh, Kennedy ran it 40 yards, damn near untouched. I mean, you could call them broken tackles, but to break a tackle, you have to actually attempt a tackle. There were four or five guys that didn't even touch him. And it's like, dude, you got to be shitting me. And this is, this is the crap that pisses off your fan base. I don't think any Texas team is going to be mad if you lose to a top five Oklahoma team that just comes out and is better than you. But if you start doing this no-touch defense and just letting them score like they were starting to see, you're going to start losing seats and people quickly. And this is going to be basketball season before you know it. I will tell you the one thing about Texas fans that I've been pretty impressed with this week is the amount of uh, in support that they've had for Xavier Worthy. Like, I understand – he had 260 yards of he had 260 receiving yards, but at the same time, that was a huge, absolutely huge fumble that absolutely turned the game on its head. Gave all the momentum to OU. OU had the majority of the momentum, and it was headed in in their direction. But that fumble on the kickoff, oh, yeah. and you, OU you tied it. it was, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't positive that the game was over, but I was 95 percent sure that OU had it in the bag after that fumble and. You know, it's a lot easier to support a guy after he has 261 yards and two touchdowns. But at the same time, there wasn't a lot of toxicity toxicity in, on social media from the Longhorns. Like I think like are starting to, to – Yeah, they're starting to – well, honestly, it's because all of our fan base is no longer in the generation that was spoiled with 10-win seasons. So it's like they're starting to realize it ain't that easy it's going to be an issue. And especially like we always talk about with this SEC coming up. Yeah. And I mean, this will probably be a good transition into next week, but the one thing that I'm worried about for Texas is um, a team that's going to be able to control the clock and limit your possessions and a team that's going to have a dual threat quarterback or not necessarily a dual threat quarterback, but a quarterback that's not scared to run. So you're talking your Brock Purdy's, your Spencer Sanders, mm-hmm. um, West Virginia does have that, not with Daggy, but with the with the freshman guy. He's when he comes in, you kind of know that they're going to be running the ball. Um, if you want to go ahead and use that as your transition to Oklahoma State, because I'm ready. I've got a lot to uh, we got a lot to dissect on that one. Let's kick it. Let's transition that right into our game for Oklahoma State this week. Uh, we take on. The Oklahoma State Cowboys, 11 a.m., Darrow K. Royal Stadium in Austin, Texas. Uh, once again, we are facing an undefeated Big 12 team. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are currently 5-0. and They're coming off a bye last week. Uh, we always like to break down the full uh, rivalry between these two teams. So since we started playing Oklahoma State, we are 26-9 and with all-time record. However, since 2010, we are 7-3. and uh, So to put that in perspective, we were 26-2. and uh, was that seven years ago? That's crazy. Uh, then add, you know, three wins to that. So sorry, we were 23 and two, seven years ago. Wow. Uh, clearly once again, this is a record that's kind of gotten away from us. Similar to the TCU matchup, uh, just kind of a reoccurrence we've seen these past 10 years, but I think currently with Sark, the momentum he's building up, we should be able to take this team on pretty strong. The, let's see, the, the Cowboys have taken on a, Interesting slew of teams. Uh, they start with Missouri State, uh, kind of a close call there, 23 to 16 to start their season. Another close call against an in-state smaller school rival and against Tulsa, 28 to 23. Uh, they escape a pretty decent Boise State team that just took down BYU last week, 21 to 20. Uh, handled Kansas State pretty well, 31 to 20, and also took down Baylor week before last, 24 to 14. That was a very strong Baylor team that we were very, you know, very surprised to see how Oklahoma State. 
handle them, uh, which definitely kind of gives us a nod that this is not a team to be taken lightly. Um, Jordy, what's your take on Oklahoma State as a team thus far before we kind of break into any uh, specific details? Thoughts is it's really hard to get a feel for these guys. They haven't really played. I mean, Baylor was undefeated. But and that's like any year Mike Gundy has coached this team. It's like, yeah, how did you get to be undefeated? Oh, and you watched their games. Like, dude, how, like, how are you here? Well, and they don't play a very tough non-conference, right? So they played Boise this year. They struggled with Tulsa. I Tulsa, mean, looking, Tulsa was looking pretty solid this year. They've gotten a few losses now, but at the beginning of the season, they looked a lot better. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're asking me, Tulsa or Arkansas, I'm taking Arkansas by five touchdowns. Oh, hell yeah. Boise State or Arkansas, I'm taking Arkansas by four touchdowns. Yep. Well, now I mean, at least. Um, so, I just – it's – I look at Oklahoma State's schedule, and I'm like, you know why you're ranked number 12? It's because you haven't played anybody. And it's been one of those years, kind of like 2007, where all chaos is breaking loose. Right. They're kind of doing the Notre Dame act of 20 – what was that, 2012, when they got decimated by um, Alabama. They just skated by with a pretty easy schedule. Mm-hmm. Might play one or two hard teams toward the end, but yeah. basically – are building up a schedule based on a slightly weaker uh, set of teams. Now, that's nothing to take away from. You know, Oklahoma State has always played a strong. I always say the power of Mike Gundy's mullet is slightly terrifying. Uh, just a few stats on their offensive breakdown. Uh, currently on the season, they're 38 for 86 on third downs, three and four on fourth downs. So basically what I'm looking at is if our defense can show up just on that stat alone and control those third downs and actually finish and not let those big breakaways come in, uh, that might be a key in stopping this offense. Uh, as of now, they're averaging eight yards per pass attempt, only 3.5 rushing. Big surprise, a Big 12 team that likes to pass. Uh, we're facing another Spencer, Spencer Sanders, as a QB. He's 56 and 95 on the season with a 58.3 completion rate. Uh, they do like to pass the ball. So if we can, again, give him some kind of pressure, and especially like we're showing, these give him good, just consistent pressure, especially on these third downs. Don't let them get anything and don't let them get any momentum and can lose long conversions. I think we might be able to nip them in the bud here. Uh, and that's obviously we, we now know what happens if you don't take care of your defensive business throughout the entire game. So hopefully that's fresh in these boys' minds and maybe we just shut them down the whole game this time instead of just one half. Uh, they're running back Jalen Warren, 512 total yards, 4.5 per carry. So even though they don't pass that often, they still have some wheels in the backfield. So if they want to get past and, Squeak a few yards here and there. They definitely have that potential. Um, and then the wide receiver core has been pretty busy, averaging 15 yards per catch. So our secondary will once again be all over the place. Uh, they can just once again keep on their guy, keep that pressure and not lose them. And maybe if these quarterbacks start getting out of the pocket again, like we saw last week against Williams, they don't panic. They just stick to the plan and don't let these unscheduled plays, as Sark say, uh, shake them apart. Charlie's in the waiting room. No, I'm here, y'all. Hey, oh. there he's there. Yeah, Charlie's joining us now. He actually texted me. He was uh, busy this evening. For anybody who doesn't know, Charlie is going to be a lawyer one day, and he was taking the LSAT. How the hell is that going? Well, it went a little – it went as well as I was hoping it would. That's Uh, a fun way to spend Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even see your text earlier. I've spent the last three and a half hours on it. I told Jordy, I was like, one of two things. Either he's just busy or midterm. So I was almost right. But, yeah, LSAT, damn. Oh, yeah. Good times. Well, we're glad to have you. We ready? 
pulled the uh, infected tooth and talked about last week. Uh, Darn, sorry I missed uh, it. Well, you were there, though, at the game, correct? Oh, yeah. I got a well, whole dose of it. Give us a quick uh, – well, you can tell it in reverse if you want to how exciting the second half was compared to the first half. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, it was your first time at the shootout. What did you think of it? Yeah, yeah, it was my first time uh, at the shootout as a as a student at UT. The first half was unbelievably exhilarating, uh, and then the second half uh, ruined me physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, <laughs> Jordy can tell you the same. The second half was me versus a bottle of vodka, and unfortunately, <laughs> the Noble Wolf vodka won. But it was yeah. delicious. And it I was had- a shame they stopped selling beer after the third quarter. Probably a good idea, honestly. Oh, yeah. oh. Uh, that could have gotten rough. Mm-hmm. But uh, so now we've done transition into the game this week. So, and I was just about to ask Jordy the same question. We we're talking about the strength of schedule and just the Big 12 in general, just kind of like how is this all going to play out right now? Um, and how do you read Oklahoma State compared to other teams? So, you just saw Oklahoma, sad to say, once again, they're kind of the dominant team right now in the Big 12. You saw that. That's how we compete against a top 10 team right now. Granted, Take away the comeback and look at the score. Like, if you're a Martian, you just landed here, you saw that score, you're like, damn, that was a close game. But then if you mm-hmm. see how that score came to be, you're like, ooh, yeah, that, that shouldn't have happened. But still, if you look at it at face value, that's a pretty damn good close game. No, it was brutal to see it happen. But oh hell yeah, numerically, it's competitive. Right. So you see that, and now you take on Oklahoma State team. It was pretty pass heavy. Pretty, you know, just, once again, a typical Big 12 team. Not too bad on defense, but holding people to about 20 points, but they're scoring in like the high 20s, early 30s. Um, I, I still am very much on the side of there is no excuse Texas shouldn't. That's a bad word. That's, I don't like using that word. There's no way Texas doesn't have the capability, there you go, to win out the rest of this conference play and make it to a Big 12 title. Because, you know, shake off this loss however you want it to be. Let it be a teaching moment like Sark has kind of said. But I think based on just the power of the rest of these teams in this conference, the confidence we still have coming in, we're going back to DKR, a little chance to regroup. Um, I think this would be, you know, this once again, just a little blip and kind of a, well, damn, you know, ain't the glory years of past. We'll make it work and get through this season and take care of your business and don't dwell on it at all. Yeah, obviously Texas and OU consider themselves the front runner of the Big 12, and that's why we think that we're capable of moving on to the SEC. Uh, So we expect the competition between us, the Red River rivalry game, uh, specifically to determine how the Big 12 shakes out. Um, But, you know, obviously us Longhorns have to hope for another shot at it, uh, hope for another shot at OU by the end of the season. Well, what I like is that, I mean, it kind of sucks that Oklahoma State had a bye week, but then again, bye weeks don't always help you. Sometimes they hurt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that we're going right from, you know, number one ranked team in the Big 12 to technically number two ranked team in the Big 12 now. So we still have a chance right now to show people that, you know, hey, Sarah, Sarah, bring out another one. We'll take them on and, you know, show them business. Have you gotten to see this Oklahoma State team at all? No, I hadn't. I hadn't watched them. Um, I see that their schedule has been less than overwhelming, uh, yeah, but we you call can't it really discount uh, the wins over Kansas State and Baylor. I mean, those are true, and I think Baylor is surprisingly better than most people think right now. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know them and Tech are kind of in a rebuilding phase because they just mm-hmm. got new coaches. But Baylor, I don't know how they do it. They seem to always put together something with nothing. It's pretty impressive. Uh, and then Kansas State, 
I don't really know if they played them there or in, or in Stillwater. Because uh, I know we play Kansas State at their house. And even when we were good, that's a tough place to play. Uh, and they're never a bad team. So it's just, you know, you can't discount those wins. But at the same time, you know, as we've known for a while, Texas has all the capability in the world to win these games and should win these games. And I think we come out with the same offensive mindset we've had and just have a defensive mindset that doesn't waver. Uh, we ought to be able to have another fun time in DKR this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just have a defensive mindset that doesn't waver. Uh, we ought to be able to have another fun time in DKR this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing that Kansas State played a one-score game against OU. Um, True. Yeah, there, there are players in the Big 12, and it's not like uh, Oklahoma State has, has only played pushovers. But just, I well, on the flip side, I but. think we done screwed up and made OU better. I think we finally forced Lincoln Riley to make the quarterback change. Uh, I have a and, feeling and Mike can blame the Longhorn student section for that. There were way too many. We want <laughs> it was messed up. Yeah, sometimes very funny that. for a whole quarter. Well, I think he had a very uh, Hudson card Casey Thompson situation going on, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to admit it. Which you know, more power to Lincoln Riley. I mean, you picked the guy. You've had him starting for two years now. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Rattler had his. Had a, had a solid year last year, which is a little different from uh, Hudson and Casey. We've only seen uh, Casey play the one game before. You know, everyone had a little more justified high expectations of Rattler because they had really seen him on the field some. Right, um, and it's it's so a it tough call. A little bigger deal to make that replacement call. Yeah. and like those situations like that, it is not easy to make that call as a coach. I mean, you've already worked with this guy. You have so much invested. Now you're trying to see what's better. You've got, I don't know, 100,000 fans behind you pissed off because you're not playing the right guy or because mm-hmm. you're losing with this guy. Um, I believe it was James Street in 60, 69. Um, I forget what quarterback he ended up replacing, but um, our starting quarterback at Texas was a senior. He was supposed to be All-American, all these things, and he was just sucking. And midway through the season, Royal pulls him and puts, I think he was a sophomore at the time, James Street takes them to the netty. I mean, like, it is what it is, and sometimes it's a hard call and a hard pill to swallow, but that's athletics, that's sports, and, you know, shit happens. Yeah, and it doesn't look good for Rattler going forward with that decision having been made and with his performance in that game specifically. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I but... see that ESPN has significantly lowered his quarterback rating from how he was looking before. You know, right. I'm just – I, I almost hope that they uh, – they continue their winning streak and went out that way at least we can keep one big 12 team high mm-hmm. and then we take care of our business get to dallas again and who knows you know some crazy things could happen teams learn from the hard way like this take a few losses and put things together down the road it could be dangerous hey let's go ahead um hop into keys of the game and predictions for this week it seems like spencer has some strength of arm uh so what we need to do is not flop on the defense uh, at some random arbitrary point in the game uh, <laughs> we present a defensive front the whole time and if we've got a shot um especially with our defense being uh as far as i know back at full strength now we've got both thompson's back in uh and I think there's some slight shakeup on who might be starting. I had the uh, uh, exact roster in front of me a minute ago. Um, but, yeah, we've got a full defense, a full strength defense, uh, and it, we can't get gashed like we did by Oklahoma. 
Right. I think that's, I mean, right on the fact that the biggest key for this game is defense, uh, ours in particular. Mm-hmm. Our offense, whatever weapon you want to use, we should be able to take care of, you know, this Absolutely. Oklahoma State defense will not be able to shut that down indefinitely. Yeah, if they key in on Bijan, fine, put it in the air. They key in on Xavier, put it on the ground. Hit it, hit, hit it on both. Sorry, you got to run a little bit, but you know it's like we at this point. I trust Sark's offensive strategy enough to get the points however we need to. Absolutely, but it has more most, strength and weaknesses, and than weaknesses, and was able to compete against a real team right. and a real but team. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, those those only work as long as you score, and if you don't score, you have to rely on your defense. If you can't rely on your defense, you give away thirty five points in the second half. So, plain as a yeah. defense needs to show up and shut down Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's absolutely true. We can't stop scoring in the second half like we did uh, this week. Um, but I, I agree that our assessment of Sark's offense has risen since watching it get shut down against Arkansas. I don't think we've seen another game like that. Another right. And I would argue that we were Oklahoma in that situation and just we didn't put the quarterback in fast enough. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And just, they clearly yeah, we made that call out the first quarter. Right. right, they were a different caliber team. Arkansas is just playing at a whole different level. But in general, but yes. Casey didn't have any time to it was still a figuring it out type situation. Mm-hmm. I think that has been figured out. Now defense needs to figure it out and just get on the field for a full four quarters. Yeah, um, well, hell, while we're here too, well, um, score predictions. We were nowhere – we've yet to be close on these at all. <laughs> like not a single one of us has been like even remotely close. So, um, based on what they've given up, I would say, uh, let's see. Let's see. The most they've scored are 23, 20, 21, 28, 31, 24. Uh, let's see. Texas ought to handle these boys. I'll give it 42. No, sorry. It was 42 plus seven. 49, 27. That's what I'll take. 49-27. Playing in DKR. We got Manning in the house. Um, it's gonna be a pretty freaking gorgeous day. Yeah, 49-27. I like it. I like I like 49. I like that the offense runs up. Uh I like that our weapons are able to perform. That makes sense to me. Uh and then I think we pull off one or two more defensive plays, even just a couple of stops, force them to make field goals, hold them to 23. Okay. Jordy, what do you think? Because last week you thought y'all were going to get steamrolled. So your predictions, your prediction meter is just as off as ours. So as an outsider looking in, what you thinking? Uh, yes, yeah, so an A&M good. Talk your shit. What? Say that again, Charlie. Oh, yeah, as, an, as an A&M guy, talk your shit. Now's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we are recording heated agreement on, well, tomorrow with uh, J-Boy. Who does a lot of SEC stuff on YouTube? And he's verified. Uh, he's he's hopping on the show, and we are gonna we're gonna have it out with him. But and then Woody from Heated Agreement has been an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, he's an A and M grad, and I mean, after coming out of the Miss State game, he's like, our ceiling is seven and five or something. He he's just uh, all he over the place. So the most the, the thing I'm talking my shit about is all the A and M fans that jumped off the bandwagon. Did not expect us to win. Um, I thought we were going to have more issues on the offensive line. I knew that once they started to get mesh well, that it was going to be better. 
did not think it was going to be that much better. But AM just physically whipped them up front. It was, it was a one two game. They yeah, wanted to. Man, Alabama uh, didn't give a shit. Keys to the game make, sensors, make Spencer Sanders beat you and keep him in the pocket. Give me the horns 37 uh, 17. Okay. I could take uh, that. 24. Give me 37 24. I think they'll get three tutters. So 37 24. This has kind of been another night on the 41st acre. Jordy, thanks for joining us. Charlie, thanks for joining us a little late. Hope you all sat went well. Um, moving after, moving on from OU, we now take on Oklahoma State. See y'all in DKR on Saturday. Yep. Beat the Pokes. Y'all, good luck this week.